Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 1235 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you today on the Monday edition of Oilers Now, where guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor that Oilers Now sent you. Pleased to be joined on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline by our regular Monday contributor, NHL insider John Shannon. John, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. So, Oilers get off to a 5-0 start. They were talking about banking those points and how valuable that might be. And since then, 3-3-1. So, coming back down to earth a little bit. Now, uh, to me, they're playing a really similar... uh, They're getting similar outcomes that they were last season. And and in the sense that they're just not getting a lot from the bottom six guys. But uh, give me your thoughts on the Oilers through through 12 games here. (laughs) The James Neal four-goal night on the island when you saw the improved play of Mikko Koskinen and obviously Mike Smith making a difference in goal. Ethan Bear was becoming a factor. Things were, were, I think, in the end still are very positive for the hockey club. I think that's what this uh, learning period for Ken Holland and Dave Tippett uh, finding, trying to figure out and understand what they truly have when the team is on the ice. Uh, I don't think anybody, even though it was a disappointing loss yesterday to Florida, I don't think anybody really should be disappointed where this team is. And and just when you think that uh, they disappoint you, they're going to face another test with this road trip, and we'll see what happens at the end of the road trip. Something to be said for the power of positivity and just being, uh, you know, in the locker room after the games and talking to head coach Dave Tippett or having him talk to the media. Uh, I, I just get a different vibe this year as to how losses like that might be handled. And so I'm, I'm very curious to see how they're going to rebound from this effort. And, and I'm just I'm wondering because you've been around the game so long, John. I mean, is, is this just Dave Tippett as a coach? Is he trying to is, is this the feeling out process for him or is, is this really? who he is as a as a really positive role model for this group 
you know what? That, that's a great question. Um, and my initial answer would be that this is just a feeling out process. Uh, but let's also remember um, that you learn even when you're away from the game. And I would tell you that Dave Tippett learned a ton being out of Arizona, uh, taking some time away from the game, uh, going to Seattle with the Seattle group. Uh, I, I think that this is. I, I think that this is. A, this might be a modified Dave Tippett to what we're, we're used to, uh, and a reborn. Dave Tippett, and I think that's a positive thing for the Oilers. And for him to be taking over such a young group with that mindset, I think is is a positive thing as well, John. Um, my philosophy when it comes to the guys in the bottom six, or as many textures have pointed out, really the bottom nine when it comes to five-on-five five production, if you're not putting the puck in the net, you'd better be finding another way to contribute. And I think to me that's the major difference between this year's group and last year's is that Dave Tippett still has praise for his bottom six for other things that they're doing, such as the penalty kill. And that's very, very important for this group, right? Yeah, you beat me to it. I mean, special teams this year versus last year, particularly vastly different. Uh, you know, I, I don't, you know, when he plays, I don't expect Riley Shea to get a hat trick. Uh, what, what I expect him to do is contribute to check, to wear the other team down, uh, and and to be be a, a neutralist, if you want to say, I, somebody who, when you put him on the ice, you hope in the best instance is that uh, the line that he's facing doesn't do anything either. And and that's in many ways, in, in my mind, that that's that's what bottom six groups do now in the National Hockey League. They 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 keep the status quo. Uh, the scoring doesn't you know happen in the top six, and and then they go from there. Chatting with NHL insider John Shannon on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. John, uh, you've been around a long time. You've watched... Hey, you're, hey, Brendan, you're making it sound like I'm old. What's going on here? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm backing up what I'm about to say by saying this. You've watched Ken Holland work <laughs> in Detroit for his for his tenure uh, in, in various capacities of your own, John. Um, what might change here if there isn't a spark in secondary scoring? Do we see some of the Bakersfield prospects come up? Do we see him make a move? What do you think is the most likely scenario, supposing this trend continues? Well, I, I mean, I, I think one of Ken's great attributes is patience. Uh, I think you have to be patient with the kids in Bakersfield. You know, they've played well so far. Uh, there's there's a real um, identity of hope in the American League with the Condors, uh, but it's way too early to do anything like that. Uh, the other thing is, I think it's way too early to to panic about lack of secondary scoring. And I think what you're going to see, and if Kenny was on the phone rather than me, I think he'd t- probably talk about the 30 to 40 game mark, uh, or even the All Star break before they figure out what they need to do. You know, he, you know, we, 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 we always wonder, Brendan, about how other managers view the rest of the league. Well, you know what? I would, I would tell you, Ken Holland, being the general manager of an Eastern Conference team, probably knew four players on the Edmonton Oilers. And now he's got to learn about the other 19. And that's the big part. He's, he's, he's going through a learning process of understanding what makes each one of these ticks, each one of these players tick, 
an Oiler fan might might just have some more day-to-day insight at this point about every player on this roster than Kenny Holland does. You know, oh, boy. half of don't, the Oriole fans are going to be rolling their eyes saying that, <laughs> but it's true. It's true. No, I understand where you're coming from on that. So we're looking at probably mid-season, maybe even early in the new year before they really have a clear understanding of the identity of this group and what tinkering they might need to do outside of what they've already done. Is that sort of the gist of what you're saying? Absolutely. And I don't I don't think there's any question uh, that, he, that Kenny is trying to figure out something, but he's not going to do anything hastily. Uh, the last thing you need to do is deal somebody off your roster uh, and see them flourish somewhere else because you were you were impatient with them after 15 games. That's just not going to happen with Ken Holland. We shouldn't be too quick to dismiss the injuries in the bottom six as well between, uh, well, Joe Kim Nygaard being the first one that jumps off the page as somebody who would bring that element of offense. And when I look at who's playing in that group right now, John, I think it's personnel. There aren't any playmakers per se in that group. They have a bunch of guys who are supposed to be filling other roles. And, and to me, that would explain a lot of the lack of offense. So when I look at a guy like a Yamamoto or a Benson who are making the offense happen in Bakersfield, I think that's probably the appeal is just the style of play that these younger players might have. And and maybe that's more similar to what other teams in the rest of the league have is those young, higher draft picks that are playing in those smaller roles that have that sort of style to their game. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. But, but you know, you, you talk about those two guys in particular. I mean, I think, I think Tyler Benson was... I think he went to the American League this year very disappointed he didn't make the big team. I think he viewed himself as an opportunity to make the big squad. So he's had a, he, he hasn't had as great a start as some of the other guys uh, that, ha- that have had a chance to play in the NHL already. A guy like Yamamoto, I think, has, with the, the amount of games he's played in Edmonton, I, I think there's a realization that his game needed to improve and that he's taken full advantage of, of what Jay Woodcroft and the staff have done in Bakersfield. And and I don't I wouldn't be surprised to see what him want as one of the first call ups uh, at an appropriate time, but there's still a lot of work to do. I mean, the red the Red Wing way was always let the boys ripen, and I don't think that that philosophy is going to change. Now that Ken Holland's address has changed. And that had just been so much of the the gripe of the fan base here is stop rushing these prospects. So I'm almost encouraged to hear that we have a player who might have been humbled by a reassignment like that. And and hopefully it's going to depend on the personality of Tyler Benson, but that should be the motivator that Ken Holland was after in the first place. Absolutely. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're bang on. I mean, and that's, you know, and, and it's funny when you talk about the whole thing, I mean, Jay Woodcroft's, relatively new to Kenny Holland. They have to create a bond and the level of communication. Chief Gretzky's role in all this, he has to create a, a strong bond with Kenny Holland as well. And there has, to be, there has to be a common goal amongst the players, obviously, but a common goal amongst management, too, to understand what's supposed to happen, when it's supposed to happen, and whether it's terminology, whether it's how the, the interpretation of how this team should play the game. Uh, other managers that have gone into organizations have had to make huge changes because they thought the scouts were n- not looking for the, the play- appropriate players. Well, that hasn't happened in Edmonton because I think that there's a real belief that 
the organization is going in the right direction, and now it's just a question of player maturation. One more question on the Oilers here for you, John. Has the goaltending exceeded your expectations to this point? Oh, yes. Hey, listen, more wins than losses have exceeded my expectations. Um, you know, there there were times in third periods that, uh, particularly when Miko's played, that um, that that third period last year there was a bad goal let in, and you could feel the, the team and the building just, you know, just drop. Well, he's made a, a couple of times this year, he's made those key saves in third periods and come out with victory. So, I mean, I think that that's a, a testament to how well he worked uh, with Dustin uh, this summer uh, at home in Europe. Uh, so I, I think that there's some positives. I Actually, I like that he seems to be stick handling better, too. I don't know if you noticed that, Brendan, but he seems to be he seems to be moving. He's taken a few of Mike Smith's lessons yeah, and I improved his stick handling, too, which is important. Absolutely, and that was one of his biggest detriments, in my opinion, last year, was it maybe not even a lack of ability, but certainly a lack of confidence in that department, and I don't get that same sense this season about Koskinen. We're chatting with John Shannon, uh, NHL insider here on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Sorry, John. Um, I want to shift gears, though. The Heritage Classic went on Saturday, played at Mosaic Stadium there in Regina, Winnipeg, and Calgary. Winnipeg mounted a comeback yeah. late in that one, I believe. Um, what is your stance on having outdoor games that may matter in the points column for regular season purposes? Uh, gosh, that's a great question. <laughs> I, uh, you know what? If it helps, if it helps the, the game, if it helps everybody, you know, I, I, I don't want to see a ton of them. Remember that one year, Brendan, we, I think we had six. Yeah. That was six after the lockout, right? Six, six is too many. Um, you know, I, I, what I also don't want to do is I don't want to lose how special those types of events are. Uh, you know, I, I think the tradition that has been created uh, on New Year's Day with the Winter Classic is important. I think it's become a, a big part of, I think it's helped the NHL uh, gain some non-traditional hockey fans on, uh, on a day that was reserved for college football bowl games. Uh, I like that, you know, I mean, but everybody wants, everybody wants to be part of an outdoor game. Everybody wants to do it. Um, so I guess that at a certain point, if, if, from a business perspective, if they continue to make sense, I'm fine with it. I just don't want too many of them. Yeah, and you know what, I, I tend to agree with you on that. And I only bring this up because I did see the weather making somewhat of an impact. So when you see that mattering in the in the points column and you, you do see a player leave the game injured, uh, though that probably would have happened in any environment uh, with that play there that Lottery <laughs> well, now has a it, hearing for. It is, it is Regina in October. Yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, it, it, what do we expect? You know, I mean, that that's part and parcel of, of what the game is all about. As long as it was fair for both teams, and obviously the weather it is, and if they had been forced to split the third period, then and they would have done that. I mean, is the ice great? No. By the end of it, there's there's too much snow on it. But at the same time, it's the same amount of snow for both teams. And as long as as long as we avoid catastrophic injuries, which we did see once, let it may I remind you, uh, then I don't have an issue. You were a producer in television. Uh, I'm going to date you again. Uh, way back in the day, John. I don't now. think we were quite there, but uh, I know I wasn't <laughs> alive at the time. So, oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, that's, that's a testament to how young I am, I promise. Um, 
in-stadium experience is certainly what they're going for with an event like that. But I'm wondering if you were in a capacity when these games started to come to the forefront sort of in the early 2000s there in the television industry, what kind of benefit it provides them, if you can speak to any of that, uh, you know, rather than just the, the on-site experience or if they even, I mean, that's just kind of part and parcel to what they're trying to do anyway. Uh, I, I think it's, I, I don't like it as a TV experience. I think it's difficult to do. Very hard to do. I think that uh, when you look at uh, when you look at something like we saw Saturday, what you're talking about is an event. You're not talking about a made-for-television experience. Um, you know, I mean, Hockey Night in Canada did as well as they could with what they had, uh, but at the same time, it uh, it certainly wasn't easy to watch the game. It certainly wouldn't have uh, told someone who didn't understand hockey how to watch hockey that's a, that's a, that's a difficult thing so that television coverage in, in the national hockey league is as difficult as it ever has been you consider there's glass the speed of the game uh the size of the rink board it's the only truly a barrier between the play field uh and the cameras so it's uh it's, it's difficult at the best of times so Putting it in a, in a football stadium makes it that much more difficult. Great insight, John. I always appreciate chatting you, with you, and uh, we'll do it again next Monday, okay? Right on, Brendan. See you later. Thanks very much. That is NHL insider John Shannon there, our regular Monday contributor on Oilers Now. 151 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you. We'll be back in a moment with some of your texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Keep them coming at 630-630. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Oilers Now with Brendan Escott today, 1254 in Edmonton. I keep promising we're going to get to the text line, but there's a couple other things I need to check off first. Firstly, I got to tell you that you can join us on the Oilers Now winter getaway with New West travel to sunny Florida. The package includes great lower bowl game tickets against both the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers, and five nights accommodation plus a welcome reception with the big guy. Bob Stoffer For the Oilers Now Winter Getaway, call New West Travel at 780-432-7446 or go online at newwesttravel.com. We also are going to go right now to NHL Today. That's brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing, building tailored, branded programs for your team or business where your order is done on time, every time. Elite Promotional Marketing. Just two games in the NHL tonight. Buffalo hosts the Arizona Coyotes, and Florida finishes out there back-to-back out on the West Coast against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, how about Buffalo's start to the season, by the way? Not sure if that's fool's gold under Ralph Kruger, but they're looking real good. Carter Hutton playing great hockey and goal for them. Jets forward Adam Lowry will have a hearing with the league this afternoon following his check from behind on Flames D-man Oliver Shillington in the Heritage Classic on Saturday. That's what John and I were referencing in that conversation with that dangerous incident. He was given two minutes for boarding on that play. A cup champion with the Washington Capitals, Devontae Smith-Pelly has signed with Cunlin Red Star of the KHL on a one-year deal. The 27-year-old was a second-round pick of the Ducks back in 2010 and put up eight points in 54 games with the Caps last year. He had a PTO with Calgary during training camp. Another Flames PTO placed on waivers this morning. Tobias Reeder now available for the taking. The Bakersfield Condors split a home-and-home with Stockton this weekend. They won in a 10-round shootout on the road on Friday. 
Colby Cave icing the game. Stuart Skinner was between the pipes. The next night in Bakersfield, a 6-3 loss. Cooper Marodi accounted for two of the three. Caleb Jones added the other one. So they get an 11 o'clock a.m. start against the San Jose Barracuda on Wednesday. We'll talk to Jay Woodcroft about the challenges that may present. The Edmonton Oil Kings continued their quality play with a pair of wins over the weekend on home ice. Friday night, they toppled Mad Sogard and the Medicine Hat Tigers 4-2. Riley Sawchuck had two goals. Josh Williams, the former Tiger, uh, tallied three helpers there. The next night, a 6-2 win over the Seattle Thunderbirds saw 2018 first overall Bantam draft pick Dylan Gunther score his first career hat trick and earn first star honors. The team now off until Friday when Saskatoon comes to Rogers Place. The Oil Kings are the WHL's top team, by the way. They're 10-1-3 right now. As for the Golden Bears, they outscored Lethbridge by a combined score of 11-2. 9-1 on Friday, thanks to five second period goals. The next night, a 2-1 win pushed them to 7-1 on the year. No conference play for the Bears this weekend. They are prepping for a home-and-home home with the Calgary Dinos on November 8th and 9th. Okay, finally, to the text line. I apologize for this, but I appreciate you keeping them coming at 6.30, 30 uh, Edmonton says, John Shannon and I are not critical enough of these professional hockey players. Okay. Uh, another texture says we're... Oh, it's the same texture, as a matter of fact. They're not going to make the playoffs with that kind of effort. Well, you're right, but I think the team is well aware of that and would like to change that effort around the next time. Uh, Mike says that uh, whether it's indoor or outdoors, you still have a fair game, one winner and one loser. It's a moot point. That's a fair statement, Mike. I don't disagree with you on that one. It's just nerve-wracking, I'm sure, from the franchise's standpoint when you see the ice conditions the way that they were. It's just food for thought. Bob, or Brendan, after uh, listening to Bill Guerin last week, I wonder, Puyarvi, Gagne, or Manning for salary, and a pick for Eric Stahl, a fantastic third-line center. I would not be giving up a young player like Puyarvi for someone as old as Eric Stahl. That's just as cut and dry as I can make that for you. Cam and Red Deer says, uh, Ethan Bear makes one mistake I saw in that game, and that was because a lazy winger didn't come down low enough. He delayed and delayed as long as he could and got no help. He had an average game and should be allowed. I agree with you. Ethan Bear has been arguably the team's best defender this year, in my opinion. In terms of how he handles pressure, how he deals with the NHL speed, I think he's a great puck mover. Yeah, he's definitely earned some slack. But to the, the texture suggesting he needs fewer minutes, I say he's got to prove that he can't handle what he's getting right now because he's done a great job of it. All right, we're late into a break. We're going to hear from Eileen Bell with a global news weather traffic update. And then Reed Wilkins will check in. We'll talk Oilers. We'll talk Eskimos when we come back on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.